Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Happy Mother's Day, Crossroads! Hey, it's so good to see so many moms and families here in the house. We're just so thankful that you joined us here today. Happy Mother's Day to all of you joining us online. And ladies, happy Mother's Day to happy you Mother's as well. Day. Happy Mother's Day. Right. Hey, so joining me on the platform today, we have Mariah Ackman. She and her husband, Matt, are student pastors here at Crossroads. <laughs> Mariah is the stepmom to Caden, who calls her Mama Mariah, and she's the mom to Julian, JJ. (laughs) Then we have Miss Brew Lanchier, who works in our pastoral care department. (laughs) Miss Brew has been married for 51 years, and she has four children and seven grandchildren. (laughs) Then right here we have Miss Annabelle Truel, um, who has worked with university students through Kayafa Campus Ministries for 36 years. She's been married for 36 years. She has three kids and she's the grandmother of two. And then right here next to me, we have Courtney Tucker who works with our media and communications department. And Courtney is the mom of 11 and seven year old boys, which I can relate to because I have a goofy three year old boy myself. And of course I'm Robin Price. I'm the outreach pastor here at Crossroads. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. And I just, I know I speak for all of us here um, to say that we are just so honored to be able to share a message with you all today. And actually, that's uh, what specifically what we wanted to talk to you today about is honor. Exactly, exactly. We're kicking off a brand new sermon series here today called Honorable. And today we thought it would be most appropriate to honor moms. Um, So we've selected just a few of the many wonderful characteristics laid out for us in scripture that describe a believer that we want to recognize in moms today. And I think that the best place to get started is by reading Proverbs chapter 31. So if you'll turn your attention to the screen, I'm gonna read verses 10 through 31. It's a little lengthy, but y'all don't mind if we study the Bible together, do you? (laughs) Okay, it says, who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. She sees that her profits are good and her lamp never goes out at night. She extends her hand to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. Her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows for all in her household are doubly clothed. She makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes and sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing and she can laugh at the time to come. Her mouth speaks wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. 
She watches over all the activities of her household and is never idle. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. <laughs> Y'all are applauding for me reading that long passage, right? <laughs> Hey, so I think that Proverbs 31 is one of the most misunderstood passages of Scripture. I actually know women who hate reading this passage because they feel like they don't measure up. And I've actually, I've read articles and books that are dedicated to this idea that Proverbs 31 is this laundry list of to-do items for women to achieve. But if you look at cultural context, Proverbs 31 is a poem dedicated to the woman of valor. (laughs) It recognizes her for all the unseen things she does for her family. In in fact, in Jewish tradition, the man of the house actually sings it to the woman of the house at the beginning of Sabbath every single week. Wow. Robin, I see some uh, elbows being thrown out there. (laughs) Men, you don't have to sing it. You can just read it to him. I know my husband won't be singing it to me. (laughs) Hey, so moms, today we want to honor you for being who you are. You are a woman of valor. You may have come to service today feeling feeling like maybe you don't measure up, but God cares so much about honoring moms and Mm -hmm. honoring all women that he cared about our behind-the-scenes work and our behind-the-scenes care so much that he put it in the Bible. He sees you, and he calls you a woman of valor. Amen. You know, Robin, something that is often gone unseen is the amount of time that mothers spend praying for their own children. That's true. You know, um, I just want to say to all the moms out here who are praying for your children, and many of you may be praying possibly even for their salvation, never give up. Regardless of their age, continue to pray and believe God. And just because you may not see the uh, immediate answer to your prayer yet does not mean that God will not answer. In fact, I have um, someone that I know that her mother was a very strong praying Christian and the daughter was very, very rebellious. In fact, she even got to a point in her later years who told her mother, I'm just going to go to hell. I know that's a strong statement, but I can't even imagine what that mother felt when she heard those words. But God is faithful. That mother continued to pray for that daughter. And while she never saw the fruit of her prayer, because she passed away, but her daughter gave her life fully to the Lord because of a praying mom. Praise God. There may be some of you who don't have children yet, and you're praying for a child. Don't give up on that either. God is faithful. I think of Hannah in the Old Testament. You know, she continued to trust and believe in God. She had such persistence and strong resilience in seeking God despite discouragement and opposition, but she continued to pray, and her prayer was answered. So for those of you believing, you continue to believe because we have a faithful God. Mm -hmm. And you know, Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So just because you're not seeing the evidence at this time does not believe, does not mean that God does not see you Mm -hmm. or does not hear you because he does. Yes. Um, 
I became a Christian. Oh, I just want to say this too, though, as a pr- for a praying mom. Praying mom, that's your weapon. Prayer is your weapon yes. because the enemy yes. tries to come against you. He comes against your children. But use scripture. Use the word of God over your children because that is the anchor of your prayer. You know, I became a Christian at the age of 29. And at that time, I became a praying mom. Uh, I had three young boys at that time, ages eight, nine, eight, and five. And four years later, we had our daughter. I always prayed for my children. I prayed for them before they went to school. I prayed for them uh, if they were going through anything, if they were sick, I prayed for them at night. But I also prayed for their future. Mm -hmm. I prayed for their future and their future spouse. And, uh, and, you know, hey, praise God, those three little boys actually met their wives in this church. And at the time I prayed for them, we weren't even coming to this church, you know. So God is so faithful. But you continue to pray and trust. And uh, now they're all married with children of their own. And um, thank God they, the grandchildren have all attended uh, Christian schools. And uh, so our prayer is so important. Uh, grandmothers and mothers to, to continue to pray. And now I continue to pray for my children, my grandchildren, and I pray for my grandchildren's future and their future spouses. You know, it brings to mind Timothy in the New Testament. He had the benefit of being taught faith by his mother and by his grandmother. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Apostle Paul actually reminded Timothy in Second, uh, yes, Second Timothy 1.5, he said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Our children are watching. They are, our little children are imitators. They're watching the, our choices and our decisions. They're listening. And, you know, it reminds me of... Um, just a few years ago when my older son approached me. Now, if any of you know my older son, he doesn't dish out compliments very often. And if he does, you can take it to the bank. So just to say this was a huge compliment. He came up to me one day and he said, Mom, I want to thank you for the decision that you made years ago to follow Christ and for the example that you and Dad have set as a married couple. He said, you know, I often wondered, what had you not made that decision, would we have met the godly wives that we've met and are married to? He said, I thought, would I be an alcoholic? Would I be a drug addict? Would I be divorced? He said, so mom, your decision did not only affect you, but it affected us as well. Right. Couldn't have gotten a greater compliment mm-hmm. than that. Oh, yeah. You know, Proverbs, um, in Proverbs 2 and 16, uh, I'm sorry, 22 and 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that is truth. Don't ever lose courage for your children. I'm still praying for my children and my grandchildren, and I know that there's some things I'm praying for that I haven't come to fruition, that I haven't seen in the physical, but I have served God long enough to know that God is faithful, and while I may not see it yet in the physical, my faith sees it. Amen. Thank you, Ms. Brew, for all those scriptures to anchor our prayers. And um, also, I'd like to say another scripture is Hebrews 4.12. It says, the word of God is alive, active, sharper than any double-edged sword. 
It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. I love scripture. I love using it as I pray for my, for my um, kids and for actually for just different people. And a fun way and a powerful way that I have found that I've done throughout the years is I dig up pictures and then I put them together in a collage, which could be either uh, the actual pictures or digital. Then I read each verse of a scripture and I'll share some with you now in just a little bit. And I stop at every verse. I look at every picture and I lay hands on the pictures. So this is tucked into my Bible. I've made this and I take out my, what the, my favorite scripture that I do this with is Ezekiel 37, one through 14. Then I read every scripture. I lay hands on whoever, whatever kid I'm praying for. For example, verse two, it said, he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Each one of our kids have dry places in their life. May it be spiritual, uh, work-wise maybe, relationship-wise. And then as I'm praying, I lay my hands on my son, and I pray for those dry places. Another example would be uh, verse 3, and it says, He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? So that's a question for me. That's a question for the attitude of my heart in which I'm praying for my kids. Do I believe the word of God? Do I believe that God can make things come alive that are dead? Uh, Another verse would be, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. Then um, they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Mm. Do I believe that God can raise up my grandkids, can, can make things come alive, can make them a vast army. Whatever word in the scripture that you choose to stop and pray around, pick a word, pick a concept, visualize it, lay hands and prophesy in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. a powerful, powerful name. Some other scriptures that uh, you could do this with, are Psalms 23 for guidance, Psalms 92, 12 through 15 for their steadfastness and their fruitfulness in their relationship with the Lord, Ephesians 6, uh, 16 through 19 for their understanding and them remembering the goodness of God, Ephesians 6, uh, did I say that? Okay, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 excuse me, through 12, for knowing who they are in Christ. Uh, and Deuteronomy 6, 13, 19, and how to walk out their faith, fearing the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then one more that I'd like to read, Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. Can you imagine praying around that? Mm -hmm. Uh, the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to, gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. 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 I love that scripture. It's one of my favorites. I'm so glad you read it. Because, you know, it's that peace of God that keeps us grounded throughout all the different seasons that we go through as families, as mothers. And, you know, um, for mothers, the seasons that we go through are dependent on the different ages and stages that our children go through, right? And it's so important for the family to have a steadfast mother through it all. And so that's another quality that we just want to honor today in moms is steadfastness. And so what is steadfastness? It's defined as being firmly loyal, strong and unmovable, constant and faithful. And so the steadfast moms are the ones who are kind of do keeping it all together throughout all the different transitions, sometimes through hard times, sometimes through uh, sickness and loss. And, you know, let's just recognize that these moms are doing it while in their own seasons. You have the working moms. Mm -hmm. You have single moms, stay-at-home moms, homeschool moms, and you have the grandmothers who I'm so thankful for is very active in their, you know, in their children's lives and their grandchildren's lives. And you know, Mariah, you can actually speak to this a little bit, can't you? Because you were a stay-at-home mom for a little while. Yes, yes. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for a year, and I was so looking forward to being that. I had just gotten out of uh, working a full-time job for about five, five and a half years, and I had a lot of uh, hats, if you would call it. I had a lot of job positions, a lot of duties that were in my position that I had to do, and for me, I was so looking forward to being that stay-at-home mom, seeing my child grow every single day. Um, But when I became that stay-at-home mom, I then realized that I found my identity, my uh, my worth in those job positions, in the, in the work that I did. And so I had to figure out who I was in Christ, um, not being that anymore. Um, and it was truly, truly such an incredible time that I had of seeing my son grow up and spending that time with him. But I struggled, oh man, I struggled so much with, is this what I am now? Um, is this all that I, am I just somebody who's going to clean? Am I just somebody who's going to cook? Am I just somebody who's going to do the laundry and watch? I loved the time with my kids, but I struggled with that mentality of thinking that that was all that I was, that's all that I was. Um, and I had a lot of breakthrough in that. My husband did an incredible job of encouraging me that this was my ministry This was what God was calling me to. And I'm so thankful for that time that I had um, being that stay-at-home mom because now God's called me out of that season. He's called me out of that season of being at home, watching my children grow and spending that time with them. And moms, please enjoy that time. Take hold of that time with your children. Enjoy every moment. Treasure it because now that... I'm not a stay-at-home mom anymore. I'm working full-time now. Uh, I'm going to miss that time. And now I've got to figure out who's going to clean and who's going to cook and who's going to do the laundry. So, Right? I love what you said, Mariah, about it being a ministry because that's actually something that I had to learn you know, myself. And I learned that steadfastness is such an important quality for us to learn. 
So there's two things that I'd like to share with you uh, personal that, personally that I've learned about being a steadfast mom. The first one is that everything that we do as a mother is the Lord's work and none of it is done in vain, not even those little unseen things. First um, Corinthians 15:58 says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so I learned this lesson from what I have treasured in my heart Uh, what I call my rocking chair moments. It was that season in each of my boys' life when we spent a lot of time in the rocking chair, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of downtime. And it was such a sweet season for me, you guys know. And, but it was also sweet for me because the Lord was actually so sweet to me during that time. It was in that rocking chair the first time I heard and recognized the voice of God. Mm. And it continued to happen in that chair. Um, the, so many times the presence of the Holy Spirit was with me in that rocking chair. It was in that chair actually the first time that I spoke in a heavenly prayer language, rocking my baby to sleep. And you know, that season ended and there was, a, it, there was a time when I had to move out of that season and I actually gave that chair over to Robin when she was pregnant. Yep. And we're smiling because we have a funny story about that. The day that she and her husband came to my house to pick up the chair, I actually cried giving it to her. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed because she had no idea why I was crying. But what it was is I was sad. It's a sad, you know, it's a sad thing to do. It was a sad moment. And I think um, maybe a little bit, I thought that, that that season with the Lord was also ending too. But it wasn't, it didn't end. He continued to teach me things. And one of the main things that I learned in that season is how much God delights in mothers when we take delight in caring for our children. And that's such an important thing for us to grasp, especially in the culture that we're in today when the world wants to tell us that children are a burden. Uh, children are not a burden, they're a blessing. And the Bible says that they're a gift from God. Yes. Second thing I would like um, to share with you and that I've learned is that difficult seasons actually produce steadfastness that you can pass on to your children. Yes. James 1, 2 to 4 says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So another personal story is we um, just got out of and are still kind of in a season of illness with one of my boys. Earlier this last year, he got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And it was, um, it was a season of just a lot of unknown for us, a season of suffering for him. And you know, parents, when your child suffers, you suffer also, right? And so um, there was just a lot of trials and testing and a lot of blood testing and it was just really difficult for him. Yeah. And you know, but we made it through, we made it through that tough time because I knew that the same God who was with us all those years ago in the rocking chair was also with Jesus. us all those sleepless nights when he was in pain. Yeah. Yeah. And what I didn't expect is that it actually produced in him 
a steadfast faith that I don't know if I would have been able to teach him otherwise. You know, we, uh, I taught him to pray through it and we worshiped and we stood on the word of God, you know, the scriptures. And, and you know, he just learned to pray through it. And just last week, the school nurse called and said, hey, he's having a bad day. You might wanna come check him out. He's in a lot of pain today. And so I said, okay, I'm on my way, dropped everything. Well, then a few minutes later, she calls back and said, you know what, he said he wants to stay. And so I took everything I had, but I let him stay. And at the end of the day, when I picked him up from school, I said, hey, buddy, what, what happened? Why didn't you want me to pick you up? And he said, well, I went in the bathroom and I prayed and God got me through it. Come on. Come on. That's incredible. Courtney is such a beautiful example of that praying mom, of that steadfast mom, and also our next characteristic of the mentor mom. You know, I know for me, becoming becoming a stepmom and then having a child of my own, I needed wisdom. I needed guidance on what what to do, on what that looked like. Um, Not only with having children, but like Titus 2, 4 through 5 says, These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. I needed that wisdom from those women who had done it for years and years. Um, Then when I was stepping into that stepmom role, Caden was about five or six, and so I needed guidance in that. I needed, I wanted to know how to respect his mom, who, was, who plays a vital role in his life, but I didn't want to just be somebody else in his life. So I, uh, what I did was that I reached out to a few women who I knew were in a similar role. Yes, uh, Christian living and Christianity is one generation away from being extinct. If we don't hang on to the word of God and to the ways of God, uh, it will just vanish. In Romans 1, 11 through, uh, and 12, 2 Timothy 2, 2, and 2 Timothy 1, 13, um, the writer urges the disciples to engage and pour with each other and to pour into each other. We can't make it without each other. We can't make it without the word of God. In 2 Timothy 2.2, it reads, you must teach others those things you and many others have heard me speak about. Teach these great truths to trustworthy men who will, in turn, pass them on to others. In Chi Alpha, the campus ministry that uh, I've worked with, uh, our motto every semester or every year as it starts on the university campus is feed, well, it says find, feed, and fight. For freshmen, incoming freshmen, for international students that come in, for athletes that come in. Jesus purposely found, he purposely fed. He purposely fought for those that he mentored and he discipled. And then 
his disciples or his apostles did the same thing. Mm -hmm. They copied what he did. So I encourage you to be proactive, to ask someone, could you mentor me? Could you, I need help in this area. So I, go find your mentor mm-hmm. and then go be a mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. I agree with that, Annabelle. You know, unfortunately, you know, through counseling, I hear so many women who don't even have a friend. But I agree, be proactive, find a friend, find a mentor. It is so important for your life. I agree. Yes, um, I have been blessed by being surrounded by some incredible um, mom friends. Uh, I've had mom friends like Laura Lubeck, who when Matthew and I found out that I, I was in labor, she and her husband quickly came right before we left to go to the hospital, quickly came and brought us a goodie bag of things that we would need or want after the delivery. Um, I have mom friends like Michelle Jacqua, who has been there for me through so many things. Um, She has been there to guide me on how to help my child when he's sick, Um, the best things that she uses. She also came one night when when we were struggling figuring out how to get my child to sleep through the night. Um, She brought all of the things that helped her kids sleep through the night. And so she has been an incredible mom friend to me. Um, And I have mom friends like Candace Brewington, who she lives in Atlanta, she lives far away. So you can have a mom friend that lives far away, but can be there at a, in in a moment's notice for a call or a text message and encourage you. Um, She encouraged me through so many things. Um, And so all of their kindness sends me to this scripture found in Proverbs 27, nine. It says the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. There are so many ways that you can be a mom friend, a good mom friend, um, for those around you and for those even far away. That's so true. That's so true. You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters and take the lead in honoring one another. I love the way that the ESV puts it. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. Um, Similarly, there's been so many times where friends have shown up for me and and for my family, but there's also been the occasional moments where I found myself thinking, man, I really wish I had a friend with me in this particular moment. Those are the moments that I've started looking for in my friend's life. Because I know if I felt that way in that Mm -hmm. moment, I'm sure my friend does too, and I can show up for her and be that friend for her in that moment. You know, The truest friend that a mom can have is Christ. And really and truly, that goes for all of us. Um, I would love the opportunity to pray over every single one of you today. Can I have everybody stand to your feet and bow your heads and close your eyes? Everything that we've talked about today, we've talked about in hopes of honoring moms, but every single characteristic that we mentioned it, it belongs to all believers. These are things that all believers should, should strive for. And I wanna pray that we would all grow in those things together. Would you lift your hands all across this room? Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. God, and we thank you for who you've called us to be, who you've called us to be as moms, who you've called us to be as women, who you've called the men in this room to be. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have called us for such a time as this. God, I pray that you would continue to stir up in us a heart to pray for our families, a heart to pray over our children and fight for them with the word of God and fight for them in prayer. 
Lord, I pray that you would raise up in us a steadfastness, that when difficult seasons happen, that we would be so anchored in you and that the peace of God that transcends all understanding would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be a mentor to someone else. I thank you for the opportunity to have mentors in the faith and to turn around and do that for someone else. I thank you for the opportunity to be a friend to another mom, a friend to another believer. I pray, Lord Jesus, where we have had um, lack of friendship, I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be the friend that we want to have, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would not, um, that we would not sit in lack, but Lord, that we would rise up to be that friend for someone else. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the friend that sticks closer than a brother or sister. Father, we thank you for all of these things. And I pray a blessing over every mom and over every person in this house. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels, and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message, and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God, and you know that needs to change, I want to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. Why don't you call on Him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, Come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. 
Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today. And God richly bless you is our prayer for you.